promotional consideration paid for by the following. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I have a sponsor this week. Can you guess who it is? Go on. Go on, guess. Just go ahead, hit the pause button for a minute. You know, uh, put on some Jeopardy thinking music, and I would play it, but uh, probably get a strike, so I'm not going to do that. You know, copyrights and all that nonsense, all that mumbo-jumbo, hypothetical bullshit that they like to do, I guess you could say. But um, if you can't guess who the sponsor is, it's me. I'm sponsoring this advertisement that I'm about to play. So, promotional consideration paid for by the following. Have you ever wanted miniskirt? Or, for that matter, maybe you're not a woman who, or trans man, or a confused cross-dresser. I never really understood how that works, but that's not the point. Um, have you ever wanted or needed a pair of socks, but, you know, you you didn't want to buy bargain brand socks? For some reason, you wanted to order your socks online? Have you ever needed a laptop bag? Or, for that matter, have you ever needed something to hold both your phone as well as other cards and whatever else? Do you ever want... Or have the desire to want um, unique designed products. Well man have I got good news for you. Because you can get all of this and more. Plus coasters, dovets, uh, dining room sets, um, throw pillows, blankets. Uh, I was looking over some of the products. And, and man is there a lot of products to list so many that it would take too long for me to sit here and list because I didn't have a list in front of me however you can go to the link in the description below and you the the audience who listens to this every week could get yourself a new something you know whatever it is that you're looking for you know, I know that this is not the greatest commercial of of all time, but you're not here for the commercials, and that's not even the point. Thank you all so much for listening to my ad revenue, and now that my e-begging is out of the way, on to the program. So, ladies and gentlemen, this week I thought that it'd be a great idea to look at Impact Wrestling. Seeing as though that we've only done it a handful of times and I keep looking at AEW after AEW after AEW, which, I mean, I'm not mad at. AEW seems to be the most consistent professional wrestling company that I can find, and for that matter, they keep putting on upwards of three to five star matches on a consistent basis, um, as far as I can tell, because most of their matches, their, the quality is top notch i seen someone on twitter as a matter of fact talk about the fact that um tony khan and this is a sort of a knock at um <clears throat> sort of a knock at what i was just saying how everything's you know uh top of the line top notch so 
you know, it's all in fun. Don't worry. But Tony Khan came out to make an announcement. And he was on his own program, AEW, right? And his announcement was that next week he's got an announcement. <laughs> that's that's what his announcement was. I feel like that he didn't have to come out like if you're the boss, right? You don't have to come out and say that you've got an announcement to make next week. And let that be your announcement. You see, he could have sent an email. He could have told the producer, hey, um, put the graphic up on the screen and make sure it reads uh, next week Tony Khan has an announcement. And tell the commentators um, that I will make an announcement next week. I'm kind of busy at the moment. But no, this man took 45 seconds out of his time. You know, and I'm sure that he's very busy, but the point is, Tony Khan took 45 seconds out of his time to grab a microphone, go out to the uh, crowd, the live audience, and just to waste their time just to say, next week, I've got an announcement to make, and then didn't blink, he went out, said that, drops the microphone, heads to the back, boom, announcement delivered for next week. You know, there's got to be a more effective, a more efficient way of doing that, though. You know, like I said, tell a producer, hey, put a, put the graphic up on the screen. Um, I've got an announcement to make next week. He could have sent a tweet. Mm, announcement next week. You know, I just made an announcement, not but two and a half minutes ago about my merch. By the way, the merch, if you haven't already heard... I've got an announcement to make, but I'm not going to wait until next week, and I'm not going to tweet about my announcement that I'm going to make next week because I'm making it right now. The announcement is that there, that there will be, within the next five days, three, count them, not one, not two, but three new designs on the merchandise that will drop by the end of of next week but i'm not going to wait until next week to tell you that <sighs> my name is mocha this is the gut wrench podcast thank you all for joining me that was the intro and like i said before we're going to be looking at impact wrestling um this week as a matter of fact we're going to be looking at the first the first Impact Wrestling episode that was ever televised to Spike TV in 2005. And they're still going strong today. And I, I shouldn't say going strong because throughout the years, um, there have been many, many different um, incarnations of Impact Wrestling due to the fact that they won't spend too much money on either their production or for that matter, like they almost think to themselves oh yes we are a, a wrestling business of course we can make that money back and then by the end of three or four months later they would have absolutely no money or so they would say Kurt Angles talked about extensively before how sometimes Impact Wrestling was a little edgy you know as far as like he didn't know whether or not his check was going to bounce or for that matter 
something was going to happen. And Brian Zane on his YouTube channel had talked about before how <clears throat> they would constantly come up with uh, new money, I'm putting that in air quotes, um, new money, or all of a sudden, miraculously, money would show up, you know, and out of nowhere, right before the TV deal was about to expire or close or whatever else, in my own interpretation of that, that would be something, you know, like the wrestlers in the back looking at each other and then thinking, well, we don't want this company to die. And, you know, how much can you spare? And then they're like, oh, I've got about 8000 on me, you know, and then another wrestler looks at his bank account or her bank account and thinks, well, I've got about 75000 on me right now, you know, I guess we could pay the network. And then after that, they would get their money back because, you know, that's how that works. And the reason that I feel like that they would be doing that, you know, because all of a sudden, miraculously, money would come out of nowhere, falling from the fucking sky or something, is because they knew what they op they knew what their options were, rather. <clears throat> their options were let TNA fold, and then they'll have to look for another job or for that matter they'll have to go back to you know meet and greets and meeting all these fans behind a table somewhere where you gotta pay $75 get a picture signed and you know say the cheap thing that you used to say back in the 90s have a nice day in Mick Foley's case you know the sign a picture kiss a baby you know then people Johnny Gargano, as a matter of fact, has talked about before how um, in Cleveland, his hometown, um, people would wait six to eight hours and he would have to sit there and sign autographs, sign autographs, talk to people, sign autographs, you know, and I would imagine that that's very exhausting, but imagine how much money you actually make, six to eight hours, if each picture that they want signed or picture that they want to take costs 60 to 30 dollars you're making you're making bank but it sucks to have to put on i'm sure for them it would suck to have to just sit there you know not be able to have a bathroom break you know not be able to maybe eat something you know it, be a human being you know because they have to be the character that they portray johnny gargano Mick Foley would have to probably be Cactus Jack for 8 to 10 hours. So I would imagine that those wrestlers, um, like I was saying before, they were presented with their options, you know, and being presented with that harsh reality, they were like, oh man, we, we'll help you out this week, you know. Spike TV, if you still want to continue business with impact wrestling or whatever else and there was even one few couple weeks where impact wrestling tried to compete directly live television with wwe because they thought that they had the better product i'm sorry but it's not that you don't have the better product it's that wwe has the wider audience see 
World Wrestling Entertainment is, after all, worldwide, and Impact Wrestling at that time was only, well, United States, maybe, maybe Canada, you know, so whenever they tried to go head-to-head with WWE, it really didn't work out in their favor, and Spike TV seen that, and then they thought, okay, how about we go back to Thursday nights? Sound sound good? And I'm sure that they were happy to oblige. However, with that financial rant out of the way, hopefully you learned something from it. <coughs> Impact Wrestling, like I said, is kind of a mixed bag, if you will. Uh, sometimes you'll get a, a fairly decent wrestling match, or for that matter, a fairly decent entertaining wrestling match. And sometimes you'll get um, curveball, out of left field, you know, something don't add up. I want you all to keep that in mind while we look at Impact Wrestling from 2005. We get a hype package for the dawn of a new era in professional wrestling. Is the narrator tells us about who or what Impact Wrestling is. Uh, Never before seen, Mike Tanay on commentary seems to be doing his job by himself, essentially. And that was the case. That was the case for... um, about the first five minutes until Don West shows up out of nowhere. I guess he came from the West, you know, just throwing that out there. I mean, he's not Don East. I'm sorry. Shut up. Okay. Um. <clears throat> essentially uh, talking to himself when in reality he's talking to an audience much like I am whenever I talk into the microphone and upload an episode on my podcast like I'm doing now. Mike Tanay uh, says on commentary that AJ Styles is a living, breathing embodiment of what TNA Impact Wrestling stands for. And if there ever was a man to represent, uh, to represent, there ever was a man. He is the perfect example of what uh, talented wrestling looks like, and I'm, I'm perplexed uh, here because Mike Tenay seemed like he was losing his voice over all of the things. That he had to say, oh, I'm paraphrasing. I did not say perplexed. I'm paraphrasing here Um, whenever I say this. But Mike Tenay was saying so many good things about AJ Styles in one foul swoop of a breath. As AJ Styles, the X Division champion, was making his way to the ring at this time. As he was, much like I'm doing right now, losing my breath. But, as Mike Tenay was saying all these wonderful things about AJ Styles and what a great athlete, what a great performer that he is, he seemed to be like he was losing his breath until he took, like, I guess a sip of water. Because 
later on in the program, it, it sounds fine. <clears throat> but anyway, um, and honestly, I gotta agree with, uh, Mike Tanay on commentary because AJ Styles is the Babe Ruth of professional wrestling. Let's put it that way. Hank Aaron of professional wrestling. I don't know nothing about baseball. I'm just naming shit, you know. Like, Pink Floyd of professional wrestling. It's exactly what AJ Styles is. He's purple rain, purple rain. Don't don't tell me Prince sung that. That's bullshit. Pink Floyd sung a song called Purple Rain. It makes sense. Pink and purple. Shut up. Sh shut up. Nobody laugh at me. <clears throat> he speaks very highly of AJ Styles, and I don't disagree with anything that he says. I totally, as a matter of fact, I totally agree with everything that he says about AJ Styles. <clears throat> so they bring up on commentary that uh, AJ Styles' opponent, who, by the way, doesn't get any pyro, doesn't get any entrance music or anything like that, um, is known as the Messiah of the Backbreaker. Now, for those of you who had been watching um, Ring of Honor at around this time, you probably already know who I'm talking about. Because once they said that AJ Styles' opponent was known as, quote, the Messiah of the Backbreaker, I already knew who they were talking about. But to, to my surprise... Whenever I was looking at the Messiah of the Backbreaker, um, Roderick Strong is what he's known as. It looked to me like Roderick Strong was missing a few inches, you know? Because the Roderick Strong that I know from, and keep in mind this was 10 years ago because, well, more than 10 years ago because we're not in 2015 anymore, but... So, this was in 2005. <clears throat> so, or rather we're not in 2013 anymore, 2015. Um, had that been the case, had that been the case, pretty sure my recording just froze on me again. <clears throat> the Messiah of the Backbreaker, Roderick Strong, but in all honesty, uh, Strong... <laughs> this man looks like Roderick Strong if Roderick Strong ate more vegetables. <laughs> he looks like what Roderick Strong would look like straight out of high school, and this was in 2005, but today... Today, Roddy Strong looks a little bit, you know, bulkier. So, like I said, this incarnation of Roderick Strong looks like, you know, Roderick Strong if Roderick Strong did not eat his vegetables. 
about four minutes into the match, uh, Christopher Daniels makes his way down to the ring to try to distract AJ, implying that they are uh, in a feud going on between the two of them. Of course, I mean AJ and Christopher Daniels. And AJ gets caught off guard momentarily. The close of the match sees AJ hitting Roderick Strong with a reverse DDT, then a Styles Clash for the victory via pinfall. I gave it two and a half out of five stars because it wasn't that long of a contest. Um, and I feel as though that both men have done better things. And by the way, to... Maybe tomorrow? No. If anybody knows if UPS runs on Sunday or, for that matter, the Amazon? Does Amazon usually run on Sunday? Even though your mail doesn't run on Sunday. At least not here, it doesn't. Um, I'm not sure about anywhere else. But I'm getting a new... I'm trying to keep my voice down. Hopefully you can hear me. No, I'm joking. I'm getting a new computer. Yeah, a new computer. Can you imagine? Back whenever I was a little kid and my little brother was like seven years old, he used to have this, he used to have this electronic learning computer, you know, that teach you like your A's and your B's and your C's and your D's and your E's or whatever else, and your 1's and your 2's and your 3's and your 4's and your 5's, and any other mathematical questions that you might be able to <clears throat> answer, you know, aside from like basic algebra, but anyway, and um, he used to call it his computer, so I was just making a reference to that. My computer. Larry Zabisco, Don West, Mike Tanay all put over Monty Brown as a threat of being someone who is the next Randy Savage. And no, that's not a that's not like a quote, but you know, they they treat him like he's mac and cheese, you know? Like hey, nobody can beat Monty Brown. He's the man. Uh, I was in the locker room with Monty Brown, and I seen him bend a 25 centimeter um, dildo, and it was really, really tough to bend something like that, because it was made out of steel, not rubber, steel, you know, like they're, they're, given all these great accomplishments that Monty Brown did. Oh, he played football. The funny thing is, they say that he played in two Super Bowls. Okay. Did he win? Apparently not, because you were telling me that he played in two Super Bowls. He played being the key word. If he would have won, they would have been like, oh, he won a Super Bowl. Great. You know. No. He lost them both. That's what I'm going to imagine. They'd be like, oh yeah, just being in the Super Bowl. That's that's an accomplishment of itself, but you lost. <laughs> Rare footage of Raven with alumini, aluminum trash can 
uh, beating people upside the head with it until Larry Zabisco comes in and tells him, uh, tells the security that he wants Raven out of the building. Get him out. Get him out of my face. Shane Douglas doing an interview spot um, of playing a hype package after playing a hype package from uh, Monty Brown and Shane Douglas interviewing Monty Brown. Larry Zbysk. Oh, yeah, I already said that. <clears throat> I don't know what the full event, what the full extent of how Larry Zabisco's uh, job in Impact Wrestling Management is at the time, but it seems like he had some sort of uh, management role. Him, because you see him twice in five minutes, and to be honest, I haven't seen him in a very long time on television, except in a video game. Um, so the last time I seen Larry Zabisco was probably in WWE 2K14. Um, you remember episodes and episodes ago, I mean, this is episode number 70, I forgot to name drop that, or look for it, but now I do, so look forward to that in the title. This is episode, um, 70, no, can't be, 79, ha ha, 80, alright, I'm gonna go check. Because, of course, I am. Apparently, I can't count, you know? Because this seems to be a running gag around here. Someone who can't count. I was just talking about a computer that used to teach my little brother how to count. Um, his one, two, threes, and his ABCs. And, you know, apparently, uh, I missed out on that one. If only I had someone to teach me how to count, you know? That'd be pretty good. be pretty good to have someone to teach you how to count. This is episode 80, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this is episode number 80. <clears throat> Nonetheless, what I mean to say is um, Larry Zabisco. So the last time that I remember actually seeing him in a wrestling ring was whenever I decided to forego the whole, oh, I know, not this time. So what we were doing was we were playing a um we were playing a game of WWE 2K online and friend of mine told me that he wanted to play a legendary tag team and I played Larry Sabisco. Sorry, I pronounced his name wrong. It's Zabisco. And um he played someone else. But the point is, is that we were facing off against two creator wrestlers, as they call them, cause, uh, C-A-Ws, but um, we ended up winning because obviously, you know, I'm kind of the guy who knows all about professional wrestling, but he's, it's, it's kind of funny because I'd never played Zabisco before, but the man's, according to what I've seen, according to what I've seen in that video game, a beautiful technical wrestler because I could reverse really well, which some of the characters on there can't reverse for shit, 
and I'm not about to blame it on my controller or anything like that. I'm just going to blame it on my character, you know. Obviously, the game was lagging if I was losing, you know. Like, it's not my fault that I'm losing. What do you take me for, an idiot? Anyway, um, I was doing most of the work in this particular uh, wrestling match. And I even took Zabisco and tried to win and defeat the Undertaker's undefeated streak in one of their uh, game modes. I came close, but uh, the Undertaker cheats. Okay, if I'm losing, then you're cheating. Because obviously, I'm not doing anything wrong. Oh, funny video game tropes. Lag. Anyway, um, the last time that I seen Larry Zabisco was in a video game. Maybe I can remember, uh, he was in the roster of the last video game that I played. But I don't remember which one it was, to be honest. But I'm pretty sure it's WWE 2K14. But I gave the match with Monty Brown uh, one out of five stars. I didn't even know who his opponent was. And, you know, it would help if I knew who the skinny white boy was that Monty Brown was throwing around. Also put down, like, some rant right here that I'm not going to read off. I'm just going to paraphrase for you guys. It does not make Monty Brown look like a beast or look like a, a well-oiled machine or a wrestling technician. It doesn't make him look strong to beat someone who's half his size in 30 seconds. If anything that makes him look weak, would you rather have... Let me give you an example, okay? You're a woman, okay? You're hungry for dick, okay? That's what you want. You want the dick, okay? Just pay attention. You're a woman, okay? Your name's Sally. Sally wants the dick. Do you want the big, long dick that's going to last 15 seconds? And he's going to be satisfied with his performance. Or do you want the big, long dick that's going to last, you know, 30 minutes? 45 minutes even, you know, you're a woman. Like I said, wrestling to me is a art form. And I would appreciate it if there weren't squash matches like that that last 15 seconds. You know, I get no ecstasy out of that. And for that matter, I'm pretty sure that the crowd doesn't either. And it doesn't really make... Like, how am I supposed to take Monty Brown seriously if he can't wrestle a four-star or a five-star contest? If I see more of those, then I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, Monty Brown, let's go. But if I see more, you know, oh, a 15-second squash match with Monty Brown, no thanks. You know, I'm going to turn my TV off. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop reading the article about Monty Brown because I'm under the impression that they're full of shit if they're talking about him in a high regard. Excuse you? Where were you whenever he had that 15-second squash match? Bitch.
over in 30 seconds uh making monty brown look extremely strong or was supposed to be uh manhandled by another man but if you think about it in some cases it makes him look really weak performance wise <clears throat> this makes him look extremely weak but to slam a man on the mat and finish the guy in under 30 seconds makes him look like an animal but it doesn't it makes him look like he can do anything he can't do anything except 30 second matches <clears throat> I don't even know who his opponent is I don't think they ever introduce him a three-way contest now we get what they call a three-way match which I mean it is a three-way match but I would appreciate it if they would call it its actual Back in the day, they used to call these three-way dance, and I'm not sure why. No one's dancing. I'm going to be 100 with you guys. It's like if, you know, three cars crashed, and instead of calling it a three-car crash, you were just like, <laughs> three medals, you know, like what? Three medals? <laughs> okay <laughs> over there's the nickel vehicle over there's the chromium vehicle and uh, if you look and slant just a little bit you'll see a little bit of copper laying right <laughs> holy shit as we get alex shelley versus pd williams versus chris saban chris saban with a beautiful Asai moonsault. I'm so sorry. Um, I had to remember what it was that I... So, the way that I take my notes is I... Instead of typing, because I'm extremely slow at typing, I just speak into my microphone. And due to the fact I'm assuming that I have a heavy accent, it sometimes misses the mark on what it is that I was that I try to say sometimes for instance whenever I say Larry Zabisco instead of spelling his name correctly and it does bother me because I know who I'm talking about <clears throat> but my phone instead of actually putting out Zabisco's name his last name rather it will instead put Larry Sab and then I-T-O sometimes with a hyphen yeah Larry Sabato that's exactly right my fault I guess I've just been spelling it wrong this entire time <clears throat> anyway uh, Chris Saban with a beautiful acai moonsault to the outside onto Petey Williams and if I could give them one criticism <clears throat> it would be to at the next event please move the barricade between the performers and the audience, uh, please move it back just a hair so that what happened to Petey Williams doesn't happen to another competitor again. Um, <clears throat> because he just had his balls smushed on the guardrail that's supposed to protect the audience from the competitors inside the ring. 
Petey Williams uh, in the corner gets his balls squished a second time in the match when Alex Shelley trips Chris Saban and Saban headbutts Williams in the crotch while Petey Williams is uh, laying in the corner. Three and a half out of five stars. It was a beautifully executed. That's not how you spell executed. It was a beautifully performed uh, executed contest. The crowd is electric for this match. Uh, And they're so excited with such passion. They're screaming TNA, TNA. And no, they're not talking about tits and ass. Unfortunately. Is it hot in here or is it just me? Or is it that hot new merchandise that I'm about to release? Get yours today. Bet you didn't see bet you didn't see that one coming, did you? Larry Zabisco seen shaking hands with uh Hunting with the Huntington Beach bad boy, Tito Ortiz, former UFC heavyweight champion who says to Larry Zabisco that he's not here to discuss clothing brand deals. Instead, he's here to discuss physical deals. So far, so far, those of you who are unaware, if you remember correctly, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, and I'm pretty sure I do, for some reason, Impact Wrestling had an investor and a certain investor would turn out to be none other than Tito Ortiz. Uh, They would try to make it a big storyline that played a big role in Impact Wrestling. It has some certain significance that made it a big deal or something of that nature. And honestly, I gotta say, this is a case of different but is different good or is different bad is up to the speculative viewer of that of you who actually stuck around to impact wrestling to see because I can remember week after week after week just them building to to something right and it was almost like Two or three years into the company. And they kept asking. And especially commentary. Oh my god. They would bug you. Like every five minutes. Being like. Oh but who's the secret investor? What's what's going on around here? You know. Mike Tanay and Don West. Would always act like. They didn't know anything. And Mike Tanay is sort of a bad actor. <clears throat> Because he would inflate his voice like, well, what the hell is this? What the hell's going on around here? Can you, can you believe this? Because I can't believe what I'm seeing. I am really upset. Are you, are you really upset? (laughs) It's like you're trying to be upset. It's almost like a kid who is mad but wants to smile but knows 
that if they smile, then they lose the mad that they had. You know, like I'm trying to hold a grudge. Please don't make me smile. It's kind of like when people tell me, uh, I don't know about anyone here, but I've, I've been told before that clowns are scary. Honestly, I don't believe that. They're funny, you know? Like, the great clown scare of, like, when was that? 2017? 2015? Whenever clowns were showing up at people's houses and whatever else. And whenever they were... I mean, I don't... I don't understand... Who are you trying to intimidate? You know, you got... You got fucking makeup on and shit. You you trying to intimidate me while you look like Ronald McDonald? You know, like, get out of my face. I got things to do. Go smack somebody else with a pie or, you know, uh, make them smell your flower or uh, tell them a corny joke. Like, ha ha, why'd the frog cross the road? I don't know, jackass. I've never seen a frog cross a road successfully. Barring Frogger. <clears throat> anyway, uh, they kept making it some big deal. Something had to do with an investor. Um, who's the secret investor? That's what they would ask you every week. And then it's like, I don't know. You're like Dora the Explorer because she keeps asking me, where do we go next? I'm like, bitch, you're the one with the map. Don't ask me. God, can you believe some people? Do I got to do all this work myself? I know where the big red barn is, Dora. I can see it. And I'm pretty sure if you open up that fucking map of yours and stop closing your legs for boots, you would find it too. Because like I said before, if I remember correctly, and I'm pretty sure I do... It was around this time when WWE stopped airing on uh, Spike TV and started to go back to their original television network in the USA Network. And NWA, not with attitude, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about National Wrestling Alliance, not that rap group that was formed by 50 Cent, um, Snoop Doggy Dog. Eminem and whoever else. Whenever I say NWA, I'm not talking about with attitude. No, I'm not going to say it because it's not my place to say it. It's not my word, and I don't want to come off as racist. <clears throat> racist. Anyway, um... WWE went back to the USA Network, and so NWA Wrestling Promotions and GCW Global Championship Wrestling. Sorry, I had to scratch something. Acquired TNA, not tits and ass, total nonstop action wrestling. Impact Wrestling, and signed a television contract deal um, to compete with the WWE, sort of. I mean, 
they were on Thursday nights. That's Impact Wrestling, if I remember correctly. And um, I'm pretty sure I do remember correctly. However, at this time, I was told one thing. There's so much wrestling on, on TV today. Robert, young Robert. So, I'm going to need you to start going to bed earlier. And I'm going to need you to pick one day. Pick one day out of the week. That's when you'll get to watch wrestling. And that devastated me, ladies and gentlemen. Young Robert was in a kerfunkle. They told me practically that I get one day a week. So, I missed Thursday nights. Which was Impact Wrestling. Friday nights was SmackDown. I missed that. Every third Sunday was a pay-per-view. I missed that because I wasn't allowed to watch it. Monday. That's the day that I chose. Because Monday night, Raw was the flagship program of WWE. And wouldn't you know it, I regret it. Anyway, we get another promo backstage for a group uh, that has Conan, um, Ron Truth Killings, and BGGs, and BGGs looks like the road dog, but rather than talk about uh, what a force of, you know, oh, who are they? What makes this group, I never caught their name, I'm sorry, but what makes this group so electrifying? What makes them so good inside the wrestling ring? Rather than forego the wrestling talk, you want to know what they end up talking about? I'll let you know. But you got to pay me. You got to pay a little fee, you see. Because I've got new merchandise. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Dropping this week. Okay. Well, anyway, what they end up talking about is they're so entertaining. They come out, they rap, they rhyme, and they sing jingles. Oh, my goodness. They're so fascinating to watch wow what a great tag team inside the ring and outside the ring oh my god they made me laugh the other day and I'm still laughing about it you know they're talking about stuff that's not related to like the professional wrestling instead it's it's more like a direct quote, rather, is um, Mike Tanay can say is fun and entertaining that Larry Sabisco compares them to the Three Stooges, for instance. Uh, the Larry, Moe, and Curly, because apparently they're so off the walls that you never know what's going to happen. Oh, Okay. Yeah, you never know what they're going to do is what is what I put down here. Anyway, anyway, not the point. 
our co-main event, or actually it is our main event, now that I think about it, because after this is what they've been talking about all day. Oh my goodness. Every time, whenever I went to watch this, I forgot to write this down like 12 or 14 times, but I thought that I'd just bring it up. They're talking about something that happened this past week, and it's called the Controversy in Canada. And every chance that uh, Mike Tanay gets, he's always like, and then we'll talk about the controversy in Canada. Something wild happened this week, and it happened in Canada, of all places. <laughs> They're taking liberties from WWE, and this is their first, keep that in mind, this is their first episode, is Impact Wrestling's first episode, and they're taking liberties from something that happened, this was in 2005, happened in 1993-1994, which of course was the Montreal Screwjob, wrestling's biggest incident, as everyone wants to say, <coughs> and the Montreal Screwjob of course happened in Montreal, Canada, I mean, it wasn't called the Montreal Screwjob, and then it happened in Bluefield, Kentucky, you know? <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Let's call it the Montreal Screwjob, and we'll just put a green screen behind us, and then we'll all throw pies at each other. Nobody will know what's happening. By the way, next week, I'm getting a computer. By the way, by this time, next week... There will be three new designs. <clears throat> but don't tell the government. They don't need to know about the mothers they sell. Tell me about the whores. That wasn't me. That that wasn't me. Tell me about the fake boobs. As our co... Actually, it's our main event. God damn it. I keep saying co-main event because the main event is just... Jeff Jared talking out of his ass. <clears throat> but this is the last wrestling match of the evening, is what I mean to say. So that's what makes it the main event. As Rhino... Faces off against Jeff Hardy. Now, back whenever I was... Back whenever I used to watch Jeff Hardy, like, and he was... Honestly, he was one of the more exciting wrestlers. He, I wasn't, like, a fan or anything. Don't get me wrong. But um, back whenever I used to watch Jeff Hardy, I must have been, like, eight years old, you know? And the whole Jeff Hardy craze for me was the fact that he would wear like the face paint or the the fucking hair dye or whatever else. You know, he's so cool, man. He wears hair dye like me. And eyeshadow. I love the eyeshadow. Mom, go go buy me Victoria's Secret. Don't ask why. You're not allowed to ask questions. But anyway, back whenever I used to wear Victoria's Secret, <clears throat> secretly, obviously, shit, the secret's out. I keep making jokes, but I'm trying to have a serious conversation. 
but um <clears throat> what was I gonna say I used to think for the longest time that the Hardy Boys they actually owned the restaurant the the Hardy's restaurant so yeah I used to think that that's why they were famous and they were obviously just here to promote their restaurant <laughs> like Hardy's I've been there before and you know I mean I never went to like a Hardy's and been like hey is Jeff here you know they would be like huh who's Jeff <laughs> my name is Jeff Oh shit. Jeff Hardy gets the fan pop uh of the crowd. He seems to be a fan favorite at this time. I'm really curious to know did Jeff Hardy mess up uh around this time? Was this like his first or his second time uh messing up? Uh not going yeah, like before he went to rehab for like the first or the second time or whatever. Uh otherwise, why would he not be working for WWE? Don West on commentary says uh, Sabu, Jeff Hardy, Abyss, Rhino will be kept in a room for 24 hours with no water, no food, and no lights. I'm curious to know, will they all stay in the same room or will they have different rooms? And doesn't really explain... Um, yeah, Don West doesn't really explain anything, and so does Mike Tanay on commentary. They make mention of this at least three or four times, that the, these four men are going to be locked in a room with no water, no food. It, it's going to be for 24 hours, apparently, and no lights. They're not allowed to see the light. I don't know why, but they make that extremely clear. That that's one of the conditions of apparently their parole. <clears throat> um, doesn't really explain why why they will be kept in a room with none of these features. Um, I've listened to this about four times, and I did. I went back, and I was like, okay, where's the explanation? Okay, where's the context? There was none. Uh, it sounds to me like it's either he's either drunk or uh making shit up for ratings but at first he was talking about their upcoming uh, pay-per-view match named Bound for Glory where they will hold a match called the Monster's Ball and it will feature four the, all four participants who I mentioned, Sabu, Rhino, Jeff Hardy, and Abyss. Um, <clears throat> Sabu, Rhino, Abyss, and Jeff Hardy. And Mike Tanay also makes the same claim that they will be in, uh, locked for 24 hours inside of a room with no water, no food, no lights. Once again... This begs the question, why would you say that will be there? 
it 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 sounds like will there be unreleased footage of them being locked in a room for 24 hours like you don't have to say that you know i know that you're going for shock tv here but where exactly is the line don't they have children you know don't they have a life um lives don't they have people who would start questioning or start wondering hey where where's jeff hardy you know doesn't abyss have children or for that matter sabu or or raven or, or i'm sorry rhino <clears throat> uh people start asking yeah w- wouldn't people start asking questions like where's my dad why is it important to know uh in this particular formula this particular format that they will be locked in a room still haven't solid weather uh sold me whether they will be separated for 24 hours or will be in the same room for 24 hours uh that's totally not the point will they be locked in a room with no food no water no lights and then for whatever reason forced to wrestle a barbaric wrestling match known as a monster's ball so i didn't put down a a rating for that match but honestly i'd probably give it two out of five stars it ends up getting interrupted because i don't know it was like a five minute match and then after for whatever reason someone comes in smacks someone with a steel chair i don't remember who it was that got smacked with the chair it's not important jeff jared with the help of chris harris and james storm collectively known as america's most wanted amw in that in a house show in montreal quebec canada amw helped jeff jared win the and become the new nwa not with attitude but new wrestling alliance or national wrestling alliance whatever it's called uh champion <clears throat> it seems to me that they did their version of the montreal screw job uh ripped away from anything original but taking some liberties and taking some influence if you will from other wrestling promotions such as wwe uh screwing raven one could say or make the argument that raven screwed raven kevin nash and team 3d uh the dudley boys devon and bubba ray dudley make their impact wrestling debuts much to the chagrin of our champion double j jeff jared and then it's announced that next week there will be a contest where team 3d the dudley boys bubba ray dudley and devon will face off against america's most wanted chris harris and the cowboy james storm the tennessee cowboy i might add Well, honestly, I didn't think that that would take 59 minutes and 
59 seconds to go through that whole that that little recap that I just did. Have you purchased the merchandise yet? I know you're looking at that link and you're thinking, hmm, you know what? I too could use a mini skirt, some throw pillows, maybe some socks that I could wait about four or five days to get, but it's got a new collective design on it, you know? It's going to be harder to wash in the wash. And for that matter, it's going to help out my buddy Mocha. <clears throat> Mocha. I swear, I sound like a fucking dead rat. <clears throat> Thank you all so much for joining me. My name is Mocha. And as a callback, seeing as though that we're 20 episodes away from being at episode 100, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do it 80 episodes later. I'm joking, I might forget. <coughs> My name is Mocha. Your name is not. I mean, your name is... Your name is not... How do I say this? Shit. So your name is... Isn't... I'm putting this in air quotes. N-O-T. Not. You know, the word not. I'm not saying that that's your name. What I'm saying is... Your name... Is not Mocha. And you should be jealous about it. You should go call your mom... You should go tell her right now that you want the merchandise. You're a big boy now. And you should tell her that, for that matter, you don't appreciate me sleeping with her. Because, bounce, wow, wow. Okay, so what I mean to say is, my name is Mocha. This is the Gut Wrench Podcast. You just got shenanigated. What other fucking tropes can I bring out? Um, did you do the one about the... I'm sorry, they're telling me off camera. <laughs> Next week, there will be a live sex celebration. Come on, I can't, I can't do that. Don't say that. You, you, can you believe this? This guy's over here trying to make me say stuff. And he doesn't even pay me. I pay you. Get out of the way. Okay. So, next week. Three new designs on the merchandise. Stay tuned next week and see what wacky shit I'll do next. I swear, I wish I could do like the Porky Pig. That's all, folks. And good night. Ladies and gentlemen, good night, and that's a wrap.